0: In this section, we're gonna talk. Uh, I think we'll will we just do one ball prediction each, lads, or do you want to do two? Or what's the crack? Because I feel like we'll be here all night if we do two. And usually, a lot of going mad. I'll start off. Patriots will have under five point five wins this season, and Mac Jones will be out at the end of the year. Um, I think the way that they have prepared this 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 season is um stunning, and. I know it's only preseason, but I just have not been impressed with the way that Mac Jones has played in those preseason games. Albeit it was quite limited, and Bill Belichick looks checked out, lads. I th- th- this is going to be the worst year in New England for a long time, which is great because they'll go and get a incredible talent next year in a quarterback-heavy draft, which suits everybody here. But uh, I think this is the year the Patriots struggle, and as I said in the preview show for the for the East, I think that they will. Um, be quite close to the New York Jets in terms of win record, but the funny thing is, um, is that even a bull prediction column at this point?
1: Well, uh, given uh, Bill Belichick's history, yeah, it, it it would be. I mean, it it will be obviously. Interesting to see how the, the Patriots do. But if they went under um, the the 5.5, that would be a very, very big story. I think mine is probably less bold. But at the same time, um, they, I, I think Mike McCarthy loses his job before the end of the season. I think he's probably the, the first guy to, to go... The the Cowboys have just had really an off season to forget. They haven't added really um, any any major talent. They've lost a huge number of pieces. That O-line, which has kind of been the core component of their identity for so long. And one of the reasons that they have continually been competitive, it has been shredded. And I, I think we talked about it. Dak is a guy who struggles to deal with change. So... I I think for that reason and um, the way in which they they fell off last year, Jerry meddling, he just can't leave it alone. I think there's going to be a lot of disquiet in in, in Dallas because they will have, I think, blown a really good uh, roster that they had a few years ago and they're now going they're now going backwards they're going to need to get somebody in there um who can rebuild it but the issue is that the talk is of Sean Payton if Sean Payton goes in and Jerry's still there Jerry's going to to meddle that won't last long no matter how how talented Sean Payton is so i am really intrigued to see what happens in Dallas this year um
2: Following the same line as Michael in terms of an over and under, and I'm not sure if it is a bold statement, but I, I looked at the Seattle Seahawks over and under is five and a half. Um, I'm going to say they win nine games, if not more. So um, I'm just not buying into the, this falling off the cliff of the team as, as a whole. Uh, I know the quarterback situation is concerning. It looked like we all felt that Jimmy G was going there, but I still think that they have enough players there to cause a lot of upsets, and I think Carol would be motivated to shock. A lot of people, and I'm not necessarily saying they're going to go to the playoffs anymore, which I did last week, which was on the base that Jimmy G was going to be the quarterback, but I still think they're going to have a good season and win a minimum of nine games. i the have face come October.
3: Well, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. There's probably a few we're going to throw out in our division picks or even in this segment that we're going to go back to at the end of the year and go, why the hell did I pick that in relation to it? Do you know, it's tough... On bold predictions, maybe when we get on to our championship game picks, uh, you might think a couple of my suggestions there are a little bit bold. But to save ruining them, I think uh, wild cards in AFC are going to be super competitive. I know they were last year, but they're going to be super competitive. So we're going to have at least one or two sides miss out that you wouldn't necessarily expect, especially not with how they're loaded uh, in relation to this. I say this genuinely. I say this from the bottom of my heart. I'm not saying this because of the presence of two other gentlemen on this pod, but my bold prediction would be that the loaded Broncos miss out on the playoffs altogether. Um, I just think there's going to be too many numbers, and they need a bit more time to get it all together. But like I say, guys, you know, they got a great home field advantage. they got a great start to the season, so I could be looking with egg on my face very
0: shortly thereafter. Donald, one more quick round. Bold predictions, yeah? Yeah, I take it as a yes. Uh, okay, uh, CD Lamb has got more um, passing touchdowns than Cooper Cup. He emerges as the top wide receiver in the NFC because let's let's face it, uh, the NFC is trash in comparison to the AFC this year, and there is no reason why a Tom Brady shouldn't be getting MVP. There's no reason why a half competent Cowboys team should not be at least getting the wild card spot, even if the Eagles do win the NFC East. So. I think C. D. Lamb's gonna have a breakout year. I'm excited to see what he can do, especially now that Cooper's in Cleveland. So let's see what can happen with the Cowboys. But C D Lamb for me is gonna have a hell of a year. Draft him in fantasy. Um and I still think Cooper Cup's gonna have a good year as well. That shows you how good of a year that C D Lamb's gonna have. Colin.
1: I am going to to go with the fact that I still believe in Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan and I I really don't I don't understand why you keep uh Jimmy G around um because he's he's is in the building but I I think that Kyle Shanahan can make magic happen and I think that Trey Lance whilst not having the sort of second season that we saw from Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson um, will have um, a really uh, good uh, year and I think will be cemented as QB1. I don't think Jimmy will get a a look in and Jimmy will be able to move on next year and people will still look at him as a very good QB and he'll get a nice uh, big contract.
2: Uh, you could probably throw this one, you could have child this one into the bounce back uh, category. Um, I'm gonna, Saquon Barkley in his rookie year had 1,307 yards, 97 receptions, 15 touchdowns. He will break that this year. He looks like he's fully and back, and the offensive line has been completely rebuilt. I think he'll get more of an opportunity this year, and he'll break those stats.
3: Uh We're all talking about positives, so let me drag it down into the depths of despair. Who are going to be the worst teams in the NFL? And I am going to say that the Atlanta Falcons will pick number one in next year's draft, swiftly and quickly, followed by the Chicago Bears picking number two.
2: I knew Mark was going to was going to go down the road tonight. The fact, and that's why I thought I said I'd aired a bit of black and red, you know, just to kind of give the poor Falcons fans a little bit of hope. And also the fact that this week, you know, it'd be arson. So we you know, got to show any red and black there as well. I
1: in think, terms of- I, sorry, Michael, um, just to say I've, I, in, in that segment, Brian's Seahawks pick, the boldest of all of the ball picks. I would be amazed if they go anywhere <laughs> near that. I think they will go nowhere near five and a half. Um,
2: No, Conor, it's not bold, it's not bold, it begins with a B, it's bonkers, (laughs)
0: that's what it is. Let's let's look at a player, just one player, it can be a rookie or somebody that's been in the league for over a year, that we're excited to see this season that we haven't talked about in this broadcast yet, or in any of these segments. Uh, I'm excited to see Justin Fields, Um, see a lot of talk every day from Bears fans online about, well, I'll give you an example around the time of the draft last year and around the time of the draft this year and, and the expectations and since the drafts happened there's been a lot of talk about oh well the team's not ready there's there, there's no there's no protection for Justin Fields but yet last year he was the best thing since sliced bread and as a man in the north here who has nutty crust bread I can tell you if he's better than that he must be half decent. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do because this is a young, this is a young bucko that can run if he's under pressure uh, and I just want to see has his accuracy improved And the funny thing is, I think, and I I hope I'm wrong, I think the Chicago media and the Chicago fan fan fanbase will throw him under the bus by November, uh, when he should be given at least another full season, even if they were to go 0-17. I I have the Bears picking first next year. I I think they're complete trash. They're the worst team in the league by a country mile, and they deserve it. They haven't built around them, so... Uh, Sorry, I am looking forward to seeing it. I can't wait. It's going to be great. And I can't wait to hopefully go back to Chicago because the Bears organization are the best organization to deal with and they're so welcoming, but the team aren't great at the minute.
1: No, I mean, they're they're picking up the pieces from the the previous regime. Um, For me, uh, somebody who is getting a lot of preseason buzz on a team that um, you know, I I had the infamous rant last year, but Damien Pierce, a uh, running back out of the fourth round, um, looks um, like he has uh, Javante Williams' like ability to make players miss, and I think in Lovey Smith's system should get an awful lot of touches. I think between him and and Davis Mills, it's going to be really interesting to see. The, the Texans kind of offense It's probably based off of a second year quarterback who was surprised last year and a running back who was taken in the, the fourth round. Um, was it was it just preseason? Was it that, you know, he was playing against um, player, the ones who really weren't that focused and the twos and threes? Or, you know, as we've often seen with running backs, is this a guy who, you know, fell and when he shouldn't have? But I think he could be really surprising and could give Texans fans some much-deserved and much-needed joy.
2: I'm interested to see Killeen Mack. Um, he's been traded from the Bears to the Chargers. We spoke highly, you know, we're speaking about how, the expectation on this Chargers team is is there, and you know defensively was. Let's be fair, the defense was the reason why they weren't in the playoffs last year, and they've done a lot of work. I mean, they've spent massive money bringing Jackson from the Patriots in free agency. They have bolstered up the defensive line to help with the the Romo Khalil Mack on the other side. Of Bosa. Um, are we going to see the Mack that was really good in in Oakland at the time, and then obviously then when he went to the Bears initially, when the Bears were in the playoffs that year, um, he had a really strong season, and he's had a few injury issues since then so he really hasn't developed or come back to the period that we're used to seeing so in a team that should be as Michael's delivered should be really aggressive in terms of trying to go for the Super Bowl it'd be interesting to see if he's worthy of that trade come the end of the season
3: So Brian wants to see the return of the Mac. Uh, I I feel it's unfair. There are so many storylines. There's so many players. There's so many options I'm excited about. I'm excited to see what Kevin O'Connell's offense does with the great talents in Minnesota, such as Adam Thielen, Justin, Justin Jefferson, and of course, Kirk Cousins, as well as Dalvin Cook, there. I'm excited to see if Tua is going to come back to life now with new opportunity in Miami, new investment in the team out there. Equally, even though I don't think it's going to make playoffs, what Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett can do in their combination at Denver, or Devontae Adams in his new home with Derek Carr. Uh, I always have to remember David Derek, Derek Carr in uh, Las Vegas. Um, but probably the most scintillating and exciting player for me this year, and Michael threw out Justin Fields. I threw out another cornerback, quarterback there. We did mention him slightly earlier on. I think Colin brought him up. Trey Lance and the 49ers. Like that is the most fascinating player for me in this entire season. Uh, what Carl Shanahan and the brain trust there can do with him and how he's evolved. In terms of modern comparison, I think of the amount of playing time he had last year, maybe the best comparison. I'm not saying he's going to play like him was Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes in his rookie season played very little, few snaps, but then he played predominantly in Week 17. Then he won the starting job. Trey Lance, limited playing time. Now in his second season, his sophomore season, probably has more growth to go uh, than Mahomes in fairness, but now he's been given the big job beating out Jimmy Garoppolo uh, for that starters job. So fascinating to see it, especially with that offensive system and the offensive genius of Carl Shanahan that resides there in Santa Clara.
0: As, far as nobody done the Jimmy G bowl prediction by like week 18 or week 8 sorry um, let's get one more storyline each before we make our picks for division wild card, Super Bowl etc um, I will go very quickly here I'll just sort of touch on what Mark said for one of his bowl predictions I'm not high on the Raiders in terms of a storyline this year Um. I think their offensive line is really, really going to let them down. Their Carr does not work well under pressure. They at least admitted that Alex Leverwood was a bust. I know Miller, Colton Miller, is elite, arguably at his position, but they don't have enough talent stacked there. Also, you got Josh McDaniels. Also, you've got Las Vegas, and things happen in Las Vegas every day, never mind every weekend. And also, players might not gel, and they've got a fantastic core unit there, but it may be too soon for them. I think in the division that they're in, uh, I think they're going to struggle I think they could win 6 or 7 games personally and I think that could be the storyline of the year the storyline of the year if that did happen hypothetically would be how long is Josh McDaniels given in Vegas um, will he trot back up to Billy who doesn't have anyone to help him at the minute or Let, let's see what happens uh, Column, what's your storyline
1: I think this is going to be a, a season of goodbyes in in the league. I think it is Tom Brady's last year, um, in in the NFL. I don't believe he will play on next year. Um, i I think de- depending on how things go, it could be Pete Carroll's last year. Um, Pete is seventy years of age, and how how much longer can you keep going back to the well? Um, you know the. I uh, nobody everyone is going to have seen right the Alex Ferguson where you make the announcement and then uh, that you're going to retire and then things go pear-shaped so nobody's going to announce it too early um you know I I think I I don't expect the Patriots to to have um a terrible season but how long more will Bel- Belichick continue to go back to to the well for there's an awful lot of um you know um kind of NFL superstars, be they coaching staff, be they older players who I think are coming to to the end. It's going to be a little bit of a transformative year. Many of them may see success in the end, but I think uh, we will be starting the 2023 season um, without Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Um, My final story on the season will
2: be that This year will be the first year in which uh, mike tomlin and the steelers have a losing record and i would put that down to large parts to maybe by week four week five uh, kenny pickett will be the quarterback and they are going to be moving in the direction of trying to uh, get a good evaluation on him after his first season and therefore they will i'm not saying they're going to give the season away but there's other things and other factors as to why the team doesn't win the game in which we're used to seeing with Mike Tomlin as head coach and it won't be any reflection of him as a coach it's just the fact that the team offensively won't be as well considered dynamic last year with Big Ben but we've seen a good Steelers offense over the years and we won't see that this year god the Steelers will to be coming for me
0: just to remind right. you folks that we are yeah go on ahead no no
3: work away Michael
0: uh, just a minute. We're presented by Casty Travel. Uh, you can search Casty Travel online and check out an NFL holiday. And check out the link in the bio, wherever you're on YouTube or podcast or whatever. Check out NFL Game Pass. There's some great matchups coming up this weekend, Week One that you cannot watch in TV in Ireland or in the United Kingdom, wherever you live. Um. Okay. In this next section, so Michael, we're... I'll just mm. wrap
3: it all up then with my suggestions and predictions. Oh, my god Sorry. Uh, do you know, sorry, what? So you know what?
0: can I can I apologize? But you're gonna end this segment, so please go on ahead. My bad. Mark, you were really going that I just forgot. Do you know what I mean? So it's my bad. And I, this, this
3: do you know what it is, Michael? It's that you were blaspheming Josh McDaniels and trying to get him fired before he's
0: even coached the game. So I was like, come on, man, give him a break. You know I mean, he did um, he did come to London and cheat and go to the cricket ground and set up a camera. So, I, mean, I mean, there was multiple well, I mean, things. Like, that... You know, the Broncos do have a history of cheating, Michael. So, okay, I mean, right. it's very sad to like, see
3: that right. happen to, let's, to, to let's, them again. Let's get but to your anyway, point. On, let's I'll go. move off on past uh, Josh McDaniels. Bill Belichick, column. I think, yes, will surprise everybody one day. But I was just checking. I think he's 26 wins, if you can mind, regular season and postseason behind Don Shula. So there's a little bit of me that's like, eh, even if he stumbles to eight wins over the next four seasons and beats Shuler, there might be a little bit of that play in his head because he's already breaking something. He said 10 years ago he'd never coach into his 70s like Marv Levy. Sure enough, here he is, and he's doing it still. So you never know what happens. But for me, the underlying story uh, or another underlying story that's going hidden or missed or just one other one to mention is the um, remarkable underplaying of the two participants in the Super Bowl last year. If you go to most consensus sites, oh, it's the Packers or it's the Bucs, the Bucs are going to walk away. They're a prohibitive favourites in the NFC. People aren't talking about the Rams enough. Like, I mean, it doesn't feel like they're being overlooked. But they're not being overlooked to even half the extent that the Bengals have been. And yes, the Bengals, they didn't make the splashiest moves in the AFC in the offseason, but they did continue to shore up that offensive line, which the world and his wife obviously could identify from the playoff run last year as their biggest weakness, with some very smart moves, very good acquisitions in free agency uh, from Tampa Bay in terms of guard as well, shoring up that inter- interior line. So the fact that they get to the Super Bowl and they almost completely written off by most people, even ourselves, we all had, except for column I believe, the Bengal, uh, the Ravens to win the AFC North. So only column still believes... Uh, in them there so that's kind of an amusing narrative as we move into week one where we're seeing who's getting pumped up by the media including ourselves and who is not